One of my abiding memories of Tony Husband is of him and me after a gig somewhere in a village hall in a rural part of Britain. And after the show, we've gone to a pub and we're sitting there and somebody recognises him from the gig and says, Hey, Tony, can you do me a cartoon for my mother? It's her birthday next week. And suddenly there's a queue of people asking for cartoons and Tony sits there for hours and he asks the people what their hobbies are and he asks them about their life and he asks them about their families and he turns these words into these cartoons that, like all Tony's work, had hilarity and compassion mixed together. Somehow he widened the art of the cartoonist to include a kind of empathy that sometimes you don't get in cartoons. And I think... The world is not only a less funny place without him, but it's a more unkind place without him. That was the unmistakable voice of poet and broadcaster Ian Macmillan, talking about his old friend and fellow northerner Tony Husband, who died last month. Thank you, Ian, for your words about Tony, which summed him up perfectly. Today's podcast is dedicated to Tony Husband, who appeared on this show not once but twice, which in itself is testament to the man's generosity of spirit and dedication to raising awareness of dementia. After Tony and I had recorded our first podcast, I said that for me, Tony was all about creativity, humour and love, and I'd stand by that. Life, Tony once said, is about laughing. For the prolific cartoonist, that was absolutely true. He used his dark humour to investigate life's paradoxes and frustrations, making the complex business of living seem simple. Through a few carefully placed lines on a page, through the twist of a mouth, the arch of an eyebrow, Tony summoned up the most profound human experiences, including what it means to live with dementia. And when his own dad succumbed to vascular dementia in 2011, he brought his considerable skills to bear on this most cruel of diseases. One night after his dad's death, Tony began to talk to him in his studios if he was still there, asking Ron what it had been like to live with the condition. He recorded the conversation in cartoons on A4 paper, which were later turned into his book, Take Care, Son. The last words his dad ever spoke to him. Tony's was a phenomenal talent and he used it to its full and to the very end. He died on his way to a leaving lunch at Private Eye, the satirical magazine for which he drew his famous Yobs strip for 37 years. I think Tony would have enjoyed the irony in this and definitely made a cartoon out of it. With me to talk about Tony, his kindness, compassion, wisdom and wit, is someone who knew him far better than I did and who collaborated with him for many years on different dementia projects. Most notably, their Shining a Light on Dementia calendars and their book, United, Caring for Our Loved Ones Living with Dementia. She's Gina Awad, the founder of Exeter's Dementia Action Alliance and a woman whose passion and dedication to the cause is tireless. So, Gina, this is really sad... I'm sure you'd like to say a few words about Tony first and what he meant to you. Oh, Pippa, um, it is really sad. I've got my little dog River here to comfort me just in case I get emotional. Um, And Tony met River a few times, so um, I've got a little bit of comfort here. But Tony, oh, goodness, you know, you've encapsulated him well in what you're saying. And 
in Ian's words, he's just, he was just the most, see, I keep saying is as if he's still here because that's the shock of it, Pippa. I know. It's just the incredible shock of it, isn't it? It really, Mm. really is. Mm, It's very sudden, wasn't it? Really, really, really sudden, really sudden. And like you say, the irony of him going to a private eye, leaving party, you know, it's Mm. just kind of, yeah, the irony of it. I've just, you know, some words. He was incredibly sensitive and compassionate and just, you know, there was also a real vulnerability about him. Mm. Um, And it kind of just naturally oozed from him. And I think, well, I feel and know that that part of him spoke to people. It spoke to people on a subliminal level, I believe, because he would talk in his very warm, quiet tone and people within minutes would be sharing the depths of their heart. That is special. It really is special. He was, you know, he was so humble. I mean, there were times where we we worked together and we, we were out in, in the community doing some work and we sort of maybe listening to other people's conversations just because they were louder than ours or something. And we'd get chatting to them. And within minutes, Tony would be chatting to them, sat next to me, hearing about their lives. And within literally 10 minutes, they'd all have a cartoon each. And their faces was just total shock. And that just epitomises his kindness and, you know, selflessness. He just touched hearts and minds across the globe, Pippa. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you'll have seen the outpouring of tributes, it's like a tsunami. Yes, I was, I was actually, I have to say, I was uh, taken aback by that. I mean, thinking about it, I shouldn't have been really. But I, I think what you said about Tony's having this vulnerability is really interesting because that's true. And other people that I've talked to on my podcasts who I find have that sort of understanding and empathy mm. that Tony had so much of, they talk about themselves sometimes of being porous. So it makes you very vulnerable because, you know, the outside flows into you and you flow mm. out. And that makes you incredibly vulnerable. But also, I think it gave Tony probably his insights, which obviously everything seems so simple. And in mm. the nicest possible way, I often used to think of Tony, and I don't mean this at all in a derogatory sense. I mean it absolutely as a compliment. He was simple in the way he expressed things. But of course, in order to do that, he really had a very deep, profound understanding of the human condition. And that's mm. what he did so well, was to sum up really complex, difficult things, like dementia, and actually like living, which is quite mm, difficult absolutely. at times. And yeah. he could sort of sum it up in a few lines, so simply. But of course, it's the lines you choose and where you put them and the expressions and the, you know, he would get to the nub of it. And then people, I think, whoever you were and wherever you lived in the world and whatever your religion, politics, you know, all those boundaries fell away because you were talking about the human condition. And actually, um, I'm trying to think where I saw this. This is Tony, actually. Yes, it was in the Times Hmm. obituary. And Tony said, they used a quote from him, I think people recognise themselves in my cartoons because it's all about relationships. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and I thought when I read that, actually, that is so interesting for us within the dementia sector because, actually, we talk a lot, don't we, about the power of human connections and that it still remains. And, again, when I had Tony on my podcast and I asked everybody the three things that dementia has taught them, it was that 
though the person with dementia may seem lost to you, they're still mm. there. Yeah. And you can connect with them. And of course, that's what he did, you know, when he connected with his dad, when he sat there yeah. and then, uh, and he made some comment about Manu or something. And then, you know, his dad sort of gives him the thumbs up and, and then actually spoke and said, you know, take care, son. And he took the title of his book from it. You know, it's, it's the way Tony can just gently, quietly, often with humour. He thought, I do too, that humour is almost a more powerful way to connect over very difficult things like dementia than mm. than being too serious and negative about it. Because dementia brings along its own seriousness and negativity. We don't sort of need to contribute to that because it's got enough of its own. I love the way that... So let's talk about Tony. What, the thing that really, you know, to get, let's get a bit of humour in here, Gina, because he'd like that. Definitely, um, definitely. One of the things that he said, which I absolutely loved, was his cartoon confessionals how inspired is that and he was telling me about them oh in fact they're in his book can't they and I mentioned it and I said explain what on earth you're doing and he said yeah you know he he used to do it apparently with kind of rock bands and of course he said then their confessions would be like sex drugs and rock and roll but when you're doing it in a care home it's more about the allotment And (laughs) and he had these stories about a chap who through the sl- he said, you know, I used to throw all the slugs back into this other chap's <laughs> allotment. Or then he won prizes with his strawberries and his wife sort of said, you don't grow strawberries. He said, no, I know. <laughs> he, just, he just sort of nicked them off somebody else's allotment. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and I thought, that's so brilliant. And, you know, you could kind of, but that's quite profound in a way because I'm sure people do have thoughts running around in their head and Tony could sort of, Leave them on them. I asked him if he would do it for me, mm. and Tony said we'd be here all day and all night, Pippa, <laughs> <laughs> which is possibly true. But anyway, we won't go into that. And, and the other thing was that he wanted to use creativity, of course, because he was so creative himself. I thought that in was fact, yeah, yeah. That that's really true. And in fact, you you know all of those. I I just could respond to it all, but you saying creativity you'll probably laugh at me and I guess it's it's the risk of making myself vulnerable by sharing this but seven years ago when I met Tony the word creativity came up Hmm. and I remember saying to him what does creative mean and and uh, yeah and absolutely and and he said what do you mean and and he looked at me to say well I thought he looked at me as if to say God, she's a bit mad, isn't she? <laughs> he knew I was eccentric and unconventional anyway, and so was he, so it worked. Mm. Um, and I said, I said, well, I'm asking because I see it as drawing. That's how I saw it, literally as drawing and art. But when I say art, I mean it's in pictures and drawing and all that sort of thing. And he just said, no, it's so much more. No, I would say that. Said, I would agree, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he said it's so, so much more. And he said, and you've got it in abundance. You're just yeah. not aware of it. Yeah. And he said it's it's ideas. Yeah. It's ideas. And I always saw it, and I, I felt sort of, we talked a lot when we were doing United. I said I feel a bit of a fraud because there's not huge narration in there. Obviously, I, mm. I put it all together, and it took a, a hell of a lot of work. Mm. And I said, but it's you. It's you. You're the book. It's your drawings. Well, it was interesting, that book united caring for our loved ones living with dementia could you just describe it Gina for anyone who hasn't come across it because I think it's an interesting um it shines a light into Tony and why he's so good at what he does yeah absolutely I did I'm doing the same thing I know yeah exactly 
and and that's another interesting point, Pippa, because I was extremely, I, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I didn't want it to be just authored by me. It, to me, it was Tony and I. It was a collaborative mm, mm. Gina Rowald, t- Tony husband, Gina Rowald. But he was absolutely adamant that I was the author. God, how he interesting. Was he was absolutely adamant, Pippa. Yeah, he was very generous, wasn't he? He was very generous yeah. like that. Yeah, he was generous, but he said, you know, it's important for me, for you to be the author, because you are, and mm. you're always mm. putting yourself mm. down, because neither of us had great self-worth, you know, mm. he didn't, and I, I don't at times, and, mm. and I just thought, wow, and, you know, I had to go with it in the end, because he was absolutely mm. adamant, and that, mm. again, that's an mm. absolute testament, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it really is. Absolutely. It really was. Mm. It really was. Absolutely, but the book is really one of those things, again, like Tony's cartoons, that might seem quite simple, mm. quite a small book, you know, and it's mm. very accessible, I mean, it's tremendously accessible, that's this enormous gift yeah but behind all that lies a lot of hard work and lies a lot of sort of quite deep thinking and between the two of you you with your wealth of experience of dementia for so long now in so many ways Gina and I mean you do phenomenal amounts for the dementia sector and then to do all that research to talk to all those people to get all those stories and then for Tony to just so simply it's like magazines and newspapers. It's totally like it for any kind of broadcast news, of course, but your eye goes straight to the picture. Yeah. Your, your eye doesn't go to the words. Your eye no. goes to the picture, unless you're pretty unusual and very into words. And I'm pretty much into words, but my, my eye still goes to pictures. I think it just does. Yeah. And, and really, they said it all. I know. Not to decry know. what you know we did, but that was the tremendously clever skill of any good cartoonist is that in a literally he was very spare in his cartoons you know that was their fantastic sort of ability to cut through as Tony would probably himself say the the crap if I'm allowed to say that yeah it's my my own podcast (laughs) Um, you know and actually get to to the heart of it and you did want to read actually because it then encouraged you to think oh I want to know a bit more and you'd find out about Fred and I can't remember the first couple, but it was Fred and somebody, wasn't it? Kate and, and Fred. Kate, Kate I thought it was Fred. Kate, yeah, Kate and Fred. And then, um, so you do find out a bit more, but to be perfectly honest, most of it's contained within his few lines. And there's, that is brilliant. Mm. I mean, that's genius, actually. It's absolute genius. Yeah, the perfect word, Pippa. I always used to call him a creative genius. And he said, no, I'm not. And I said, but you are. Yeah, you just need to accept that. You, you mm. absolutely are. Mm. You know, you were. And... Yeah, when we were doing the book, we it was. I'm just thinking of funny little things that happened. So, so we we do a story, and there was a, an enormous amount of research and ch- chatting to families via Zoom, and it was incredible. But it was the most wonderful journey. It was it's something I'll that will live with me for you know till till I die. Yes, and, because so people was, do do realise it was really just a collection of people's dementia stories in a way, wasn't it? And it, it might be saying how a couple had to deal with. Mm. know the first sort of inkling of the symptoms or they different parts of that dementia experience that lots of people go through but it was done through really these these couples and these families stories wasn't it as expressed through your quite spare writing of the lines and his cartoons 
Yeah. So so what we did is we and it took some time to get to get all the families. But we did the most, you know, we had it over sort of a year or so. And it took two years roughly in the making. But so I'm very curious. I've got a counselling background. I'm interested in the human mind and what makes people tick and, you know, their vulnerability and who they really are inside. So I would sit and ask questions from my flat in Exeter while they were online. And Tony would be in his studio in Manchester drawing quietly in the background asking mm. the old question but really so I'd be taking all the notes mm. then we, we'd sort of liaise together he would then come up with some pencil drafts I'd put some narration to it he'd then maybe slightly adapt it and I was a little bit cheeky though but he did like that about me Pippa because I'd yeah. say to, I'd, I'd had to ask him to do things a bit differently sometimes and he mm. said you are a rum bugger you're the only <laughs> one that can get away with that because I'd say, oh, can you just add that in or can you do that? And mm. so I thought, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit creative here. I'm getting involved in it. And it was it was brilliant. Um, where was I going with that? So. So, yeah. So then we once we've created the story, obviously, in draft, so pencil, rough drawings and draft, we then sort of agree with each family how we would present that to them. Because we didn't want to just send it via an email and then they mm. receive it. Mm. It's hard hit. It's hard hitting. It's powerful, emotional. Mm. Yes, it is. So. So we, each family would say, how do you want to receive it? Do you want us to say, we'll send it in half, I'll send it in half an hour and you have a look at it and we'll talk about it on Zoom and if there's any changes. So we agreed that. So it's those sorts of things that, you you know, people wouldn't know about and you don't mm-hmm. think about at the time mm-hmm. that are really important. Yeah. yeah. I, I know I know with Kate and Fred's story, we sent that one through and I said to Tony, I'm going to I'm going to send that to, to Kate, you know, to Kate. Mm. And um, I didn't hear from her for a couple of days. Mm. And my heart sank. I said to Tony, oh, my God, she doesn't like it. Da, 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 da. And I and then I was about to I think I can't remember if I messaged Kate or she came back to me then and I just whatever but I can't remember now but she said I'm so sorry that I have left it till now it was so powerful mm. it was so raw and mm. it was like my story was hitting me in the face mm. I literally had to gasp mm. um, so mm. she was absorbing that and processing that and to be honest there were a couple of tiny little amendments but with it with every story they were just happy how we edited those conversations and got mm. to the nugget of the issue and just brought out that emotion and that story. Yeah, interesting, because when I was talking to him, uh, just to put in context, actually, his genius, he would, um, when he was working at the beginning of his career in cartoons and he approached the Times to see if he could do a column, and um, he did, and then the editor came back and said, actually, we'd like you to do sports cartoons um, and we'd like you to do them daily. Mm. That's really hard. Prolific. So yeah. for six days a week, and he told me the time scale. So he'd get a call at 4pm and he wouldn't know what sport it was. It could be any sport from, you know, the luge to tennis, football, well, mm. any sport. Four o'clock, he gets a story from the editor. By five o'clock, so an hour later, he'd get back to the editor with four ideas that he'd come up with. And then by 5.30, the idea that he went with had been done, created, signed off, and it went out in the paper the next day. So he had one and a half hours to construct a totally brilliant cartoon from nothing. That's phenomenal. A genius. Yeah, yeah. So that's what you know, you, you had working with you when you did your book. And your other, well, I know you've done lots of big projects with them, but the other one... You made calendars. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, absolutely. So we did two calendars. We did one in 2019 
and one in 2021. Tony had said, why didn't we do a calendar? Because he'd done stuff in the past. And, mm. and I thought, you know, I didn't really think how much sort of energy and time that would take. Oh, my goodness. That mm. took some doing. But wow what a response what two amazing calendars I know you've got them both Mm, mm. Um, so let me give you a bit of context about that so when we decided to do the calendar I needed to get some sponsors so I didn't want to just think oh I'll just put it out there would you like to sponsor a month of our calendar I wanted to be quite specific so I went to you know organizations that I knew of and that I worked with because I've been been sort of doing work around dementia with organizations since 2014 and this was 2018 so it's a few mm. years later so I would I basically approached some different organizations and said would they like to sponsor a month I even sort of offered them which month they wanted to sponsor because obviously you've got dementia action week in May and then you've got world Alzheimer's month in September so mm. there was one lady that that's father died in September and she really wanted that month from a care home but anyway so we you know I managed to get these 12 sponsors and then what I wanted to do is I didn't just want an image that was whatever it was, which would be incredible anyway, because whatever Tony would do would be incredible. But whatever business that was sponsoring that month. Mm. So, for example, say it was a care home. Mm. I wanted an illustration that linked in with care homes. And if it was a lawyer, I wanted an illustration that linked in with lawyers, whether it's power of attorney or end of life. So we created, the, uh, you know, Tony just, oh my goodness me, he was absolutely prolific. Mm. And the detail, Pippa, I mean, obviously mm. we can't we can't see them here because we're talking, mm. but, mm. you know, they're kind of still around, I guess. But, um, you know, it was amazing working with Tony on that. Absolutely mm. incredible. Mm. It really, really was. Mm. You know, again, he would create the rough. So I'd get, to, I'd get the privilege of seeing the pencil draft and then see it and then I'd say to him sometimes when you've done the draft and you start coloring can you just do a little bit so I can see how it becomes the end result so he used to send me sort of screenshots of how he was getting along with different work and that mm. that what what a joy to it to be involved in that Pippa. yeah he was such a giver wasn't he um mm. another story that comes to my mind is um he loved his little dog. We were talking about dogs. I've got my little dog, Bert, who's actually was scratching on the door just now. I've had to let him out. But oh. you've got yours. And Tony had Sebby, didn't he? His dog. He did, yeah. When I did my podcast one-to-one with Tony, he um, Sebby was under his desk and Bert was under my desk. And Bert, on that one as well, started to scratch to go out and had to sort of inter- interrupt him. Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking about, because it's a love of animals and things, and he was in a care home and a lady in the care home was really upset I don't think her cat had died. I think she'd had to leave the cat behind when she went into the care home, probably. Yes. Yeah. And I'll come back to that because it was a very moving moment with Tony himself and his father. But anyway. I was just going to say that, yeah. And um, she, she had to leave her cat. And then Tony said to the woman, would you like me to, to draw your cat? And she showed him a picture or somebody showed him a picture and he drew this cat. And then the woman just burst into tears because she said, you've oh. given me, I can't remember the cat's name, but you've given me my cat back. I know. And then the care home framed it and sent Tony a picture of the cat in the frame and said how much pleasure, you know. But, you know, these small acts of kindness just are so Mm. huge to the people that he does it with. Um, Yes, and then an insight into Tony's own sensitivities and kindness. And, you know, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about Tony, obviously, since he died. And you've got this family and you've got these sons and then you've got 
Tony's dad with dementia and then before he died, Tony of course didn't put it like this, but as he was telling me about Ron and the mm. lead up when he got dementia, I was thinking actually, you did such a lot for your dad. And there was just that story about the little dog Lossie and his dad yeah. couldn't keep him in the... And Tony said the awful thing about taking dad to the care home because the care home was actually w wonderful. He said it was a very, very good care home. And I did have the name of it. It was Grange or Hatton Grange in Hyde. It's a really good care home. So that yeah. was all right. But it was when his dad didn't know that Lossie wasn't going to be allowed to stay. Lossie could visit, but the care home didn't allow you know, people living there to have their dog with them. And so he had yeah. to, and his dad got so upset and he was really distraught when Tony said, no, I've got to take him away. And so Tony drove off with Lossie and then he just stopped the car and he said, and I just sobbed with Lossie on my lap in the car. Oh, I And I thought, yeah, so that is the private Tony, just sitting there and then really all the emotion coming out. And I thought, wow, that's Tony. And, you know, just not doing it in front of his dad and, keeping yeah. strong and then actually, you know, seeing it all. So I don't know what you think, Gina, but I thought actually now might be a good time for you to do. I know you've done a poem. I have. Would you like to just read it now? It's now a good time. Yes, I would love to read it. I just sat on my bed last night with my little dog River next to me and I just really felt the need to write a poem. I'm not a poet at all, so do forgive me on that. But but I did put some words together and they actually came to me really, really easily. And I, I really feel and I hope that when I read the poem, it will resonate with everyone to some degree because I think it's relatable and I wanted it to be not necessarily this is about me and my ego and how I feel about Tony, but more about how other people saw him. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Pippa. Tony was prolific, if ever you did see, a cartoonist, artist, writer and lover of poetry. The impact on the nation's hearts is hard to comprehend. Tributes pouring in from Scotland to Land's End. A gentle man, the kindest heart, more humour than we'll know. So much he gave to everyone, wherever he did go. Unfair, unjust and all that's wrong rocked him to the core. His warmth and vulnerability endeared him to us all. His vulnerable soul and inner light felt by others round the globe, encompassed who he was to us and stood out rightly so. His openness and honesty was as natural as can be and two of many qualities that resonated with me. You left us on Westminster Bridge that Wednesday autumn day, surrounded by a circle of support with you every step of the way. A shining star above us now, we see you glowing bright, a legacy beyond words from us all. It's good night. Oh, that's lovely, Gina. And he be Thank you. Yeah. I can see actually through that how you did connect to connect with him. Yeah, I can mm. see that. That also when I was reading again your your book, United Caring for Our Loved Ones, Living with mm. Dementia, you you'd written an introduction at the end of it. Yes. You had a Maya Angelou quote and, and yes. I think that was for the book, obviously, but I think that's very, <laughs> actually, I thought to myself as I was looking at that, but that's so true of Tony. So the quote is, which a lot of people will know, you'd put this in your introduction, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm, that's Tony, isn't it? 
That's Tony Pippa through and through. That's exactly, to me, the soul and epitome of connecting someone with dementia. Mm. So connecting and being with, not doing, Mm. being with, whether it's for five or ten minutes, Mm. in that space, where they are in that moment, is so, so powerful and profound. Mm. Pippa, would you mind if I just said one thing? Because no, do. I think what I, what I really, really want to get across is that Tony's legacy will be living on through me in the work that he did with me for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, we will be doing a tribute to him in the spring here in Exeter and mm. showcasing all of the work that we've collaborated oh, in brilliant. the last seven years. And also... Tony did two weeks before he died we did our last piece of work together and we're creating I'm in the process of creating some dementia sessions and we've called them the dementia care sessions and care being the acronym Mm. which stands for compassion awareness respect and equality and Mm. so Tony created a cartoon a full color cartoon for each of those qualities and they will be launched in the spring and also which we're so excited about and well how poignant it would have been it would have been launched before but now we're going to wait till the spring there's no point in rushing and I'm also going to be doing a piece of work with the alliance which is about the language of dementia and Tony's work will be living on through that as well and I I just needed to share that Pippa so thank you. Oh no I'm so pleased you that is absolutely lovely I mean how fabulous is that you're Mm. you will live on through that Gina he really he, he really that's absolutely wonderful and a very nice kind of almost you know that's looking forward isn't it that's thinking about absolutely yeah so that that's that's nice and now uh, I think we'll draw this all to a conclusion I've got a a really lovely recording from Paul husband Tony's son Mm. that he sent to me and so let's give the last word to Paul now but thank you so much Gina you're very welcome thank you so so much for you know this is a total honor thank you Pippa Just before we hear from Paul, can I say, Tony, you were not only one of the finest cartoonists of your generation, you were a phenomenal advocate for those living with dementia and their families. You will be sorely, sorely missed by all of us. Thank you for the insights, kindness and laughter you brought into this world. My dad was someone who had a a real deep empathy for people. He couldn't bear to see people suffer. And for him to watch my granddad for those years, slowly mentally declining and everything that comes along with with dementia, the, the paranoias and the confusion and frustration, he didn't think that people deserve that, you know, especially older people who have gone through so many battles throughout their lives and they've supported so many people. I think he just felt that dementia was a very cruel and and bitter disease that people just didn't deserve. But he could understand as much as anyone can understand without having the disease, he could understand what that person in originally, in that case it was my granddad, what that person was going through, how it must have felt, how confusing and frustrating it must have felt when suddenly he can't remember a loved one's name. My dad could completely take in what that must have felt like. When my dad recognises that 
that people are suffering certain pains, he will just naturally go out of his way to to help them or to support them in whatever way he can. My dad's support was often through his through his art, through his cartoon, and through his through his humour. I actually got a message the other day on Twitter. It was somebody who didn't follow my dad. My dad didn't follow him, but this lad had been going through a real rough time and he, he put a message out on Twitter saying that he's really struggling and he thinks it's the end for him. And my dad messaged him and they ended up spending a good hour or two together just chatting and my dad really brought him down to earth and and this guy is, is there now. He's, he's there, he's living and his life's improved and he was able to message me and share his gratitude with me. Um, I've got so much gratitude for what my dad did for me. I, I went through a lot of mental health issues and addiction and that. My dad um, was always there to support me, he never turned his back on me. Never turned his back on my granddad. As frustrating as um, things got around my granddad's illness, he never turned his back on my nano through her illness and he never turned his back against his friends or the people he worked with in the, the dementia groups because he was a man that was very full of love and empathy for people. He was a good man and I, I, I like to think, I completely believe I've seen it, that he has um, improved people's lives maybe temporarily, maybe long-term, but I've seen it and I've seen how he's made people who are struggling start smiling again. Um, and I know how proud he was, and I'm proud of him. <laughs>